The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above Rise all. up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate world. the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio. We use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, The Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you want to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Top of the page there, there's two videos. The one on the left is Bradley's show from yesterday. In fact, um, he had uh, Sam Sorbo and our own Lynn Taylor on. Uh, so if you missed that and you want to catch that, that's still up until 3 o'clock today. And then uh, he goes live at 3 p.m. Eastern. And then on the right side is where we're playing live. So just hit the play button, uh, blow it up on whatever device you've got, and uh, Rumble is in the bottom right-hand corner. Hit that, and you can join us in the chat. 
Also, uh, Discord is where we're on over there on the Sons of Liberty. If you want to join us uh, as a congregation, so to speak, everybody's kind of spread out. A lot of people went to uh, DLive. A lot of people went to Rumble uh, when Facebook, you know, deplatformed us over there. Uh, but, yeah, and I think a couple of days they're going to let me stream again. Uh, well, maybe they'll let me stream again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the doghouse with them for at least on my personal page and my and my public page. Who knows how long that's going to last? Uh, but I got like a six month, I got like a six month strike on all my pages that I that I manage. Um, so I, that's going to be a while. But my personal and my my uh, public page has uh, a couple of days on it. You know, in the doghouse there. So. Yeah, right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for a newsletter, so please be sure to do that. Also, sign up for the one on sonsoflibertyradio.com, because uh, the one on the media, you get one a day. The one at the radio, you get one a week. And again, it keeps you informed as to what's going on in the ministry, um, Bradley's article for the week, and then whatever the special is that we're offering that week from our store. Uh, and I'll make mention of that in just a second. If you'd like to support us and help us in what we do, there's a donate button at the top of SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Click on that and make a one-time donation or become a partner with us, monthly partner, as a son or daughter of Liberty. That link is also at the top. And, of course, our store is available. This week we're offering the Cowards Will Not Preserve the Republic t-shirts. Uh, they have some artwork on them with the phrase by Elmer Davis, This Republic Was Not Established by Cowards. Uh, and cowards will not preserve it. And it comes in a variety of colors. We've got like 10 different colors. So uh, pick what you want. And um, this week only through Saturday at midnight, you can get 15% off of these shirts when you use the promo code PRESERVE. Pretty simple. Use the promo code PRESERVE. You save 15%. Do it by Saturday midnight, and um, yeah, you'll, be, you'll be good. You'll be good there. Um, <clears throat> okay, a couple of items just real quickly before we bring Lynn on. This is from SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And that is, um, let's see what we got. In America, what has the gospel become? Avoid a sugar-coated gospel. This is by Bradley. This was the new one uh, that he had out yesterday, so be sure and check that out. Also at SonsLibertyMedia.com, the American Militia Freedom Forces. This is led by Captain Carl Kane. You guys uh, remember Captain Carl. We had him on a bunch, and uh, probably going to have him on here uh, in the next month or so. And uh, they issue a call to action regarding the kidnapping of the baby in Idaho, Cyrus. And uh, we're trying to get uh, either grandpa on or mom on or dad on uh, to talk about what's going on there. It's very, I tell you, I watched the video. I played the video for you guys with them, with these thugs, these agents of the state, uh, basically telling mom almost verbatim, give me the baby and go on about your merry life. That was his words to her. And this baby all he's, all he's eaten is breast milk, okay? So he needs his mom. They take him from his mom. They get a chance to go see him like a day or like two days later. And they basically said he's lethargic. They've been poking at his hands, pricking him. Who knows if they give him a shot. Um, these people don't care about children. They don't. Don't let anybody fool you with CPS. They do not care about children. They're not concerned about them. The cops either. They're not. Who cares for your children? You do. That's who cares for your children. Uh, fortunately, from what I understand, the court did award some custody in a foster home that is an that is the baby's aunt. I think it's if I'm understanding that correctly. So at least there was something good there that it went to you know the child went to a family member and not somebody that's not even known. 
but they say they're all about reunification. Yeah, we know what that's about. Uh, I think Ammon mentioned that um, there was like one one in a hundred or one in ten. It was a it was a pretty low number who were actually reunited with their families uh, after one of those um, so-called hearings. Uh, in any case, and by the way, I think those those family court hearings, I think they're so unconstitutional. You can just charge parents with what you want. They'll rubber stamp it and and take your kids from you. No crime's been committed, nothing. Nothing's been proven or anything like that. It, it's a sham. It's an injustice to everybody who goes through it. It's just my opinion, okay? Um, DHS report considers anyone questioning the Convid 1984 narrative, quote-unquote, a dangerous extremist. If you don't believe our narrative, the lies that we've told you, if you don't, and you think for yourself, how dare you, then you're a dangerous extremist. This is from the same uh, unconstitutional agency made up uh, by George W. Bush II after 9-11 that has reported Christians, patriots, uh, if you were, if you fly a Gadsden flag, if you believe in the Constitution, if you believe in the Second Amendment, all this, they've said, yeah, you're a potential terrorist. Mm, yeah. Okay. Also, SunCelebrityMedia.com, Biden's handlers free the quote-unquote 20th 9-11 hijacker from Gitmo, send him to Saudi Arabia for mental health treatment. <laughs> you're going to send him to a bunch of wackos over there for mental health treatment? Yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, also, SunCelebrityMedia.com, top cop busted by vigilante group for an- attempting to have sex with a little boy. Now, I got to tell you, this one, these things right here, this and CPS junk, it, I, I want to punt somebody. I'm just going to tell you, if that's fleshly, I confess to it. Uh, but this stuff is wrong. This stuff is wrong. And the cops get treated a lot different than you and I. If you and I were caught on camera the way this guy was caught, you and I would be in handcuffs. We would be sitting in the jail. This guy got, you know, his his paid leave or whatever it was, whatever they did, that suspended him. It wasn't arrested. Oh, we're going to investigate this. See, with you and me, they arrest us first, then they decide to investigate. With their own, they give them a suspension. Sometimes they give them a paid leave or whatever the case is. And then they say, oh, well, we're going we're gonna to investigate this. See, it doesn't work the same way for you and me as it does for them. This is why... This whole system needs to be reformed, and to reform it, you're going to have to tear it down. And I, whatever's going on with my camera, I don't know. But you're going to have to tear it down. <sighs> Silly thing. You're going to have to tear it down, and in tearing it down, you've got to fill it with something else. This is why I push the Constitution Militia, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15, that we are the law enforcers here. And so we've got... We've got to do our duty. We can't just say, hey, that's bad. We've got to get rid of it. We've got to have something to fill it with. If we don't, I'll, I'll tell you this, government will come right behind it, and they'll find a new way to fill that hole, just like we're going to talk about probably today with some of the things that we're talking about with the Common Core diva, Lynn Taylor, as always, on Rotten to the Core Wednesday. Good morning, Lynn. Well, hello, hello. Boy, I tell you what, if it isn't one thing, it's another. But, you know, we knew this was going to happen, okay? All you have to do is read scripture. You knew it was going to go south really quickly before it got better. 
Uh, last week, you and I talked about the Flock Safety Data Tracking System that is supposed to be helping communities catch bad guys and bad girls who speed through their license plate tracking. Now, we tied it to education, if you'll remember, and if you missed it, Tim's got the, uh, it'll be in the archive for you. It ties into how it's used on campuses in the name of school safety. What we didn't get to last week, and sorry, I've got some hair stuck on my face, is the fact that this twisted look at law enforcement inserting itself into our schools, be it K through 12, be it community colleges, be it higher education institutes, be it at your after school programs, especially if the library or whatever, is that. We did a show back in 2021, Tim, where we showed, and it was right after that last shooting in Michigan, where law enforcement programs to help groom behavioral health were starting to backfire because this one particular school had used this particular mind grooming program and the shooting still happened. So at that point in our show, we were asking the question, well, what is the purpose of all this if it's going to just continue to backfire? And what we came up with was that it was more about control. Well, I got to do a little more digging and I found out that it is more in step with the United Nations transitional justice, not traditional, but transitional. And what is transitional government? Okay, I found a document and it's going to be in the archives as well that gives us the definition for transitional justice and Tim that is going to be I believe that is our yes that is our first attachment this was put out in September of 2020 everyone under the guise of promotion and protection of civic space okay now the reason that it was even in America was there was a newspaper in Raleigh or excuse me, in North Carolina that made a parody over the fact of because of all the junk that was going on and all the germs that were outside and how dangerous everything was that we needed to have vibrancy regulations from the United Nations come into America to police outdoor cafes. I kid you not. Okay. That is from the Carolina Journal, and it says here, it is a parody, all right? Raleigh officials seek vibrancy regulations from the United Nations. Well, this is how I found the transitional justice, okay? So it goes on to tell you, in an effort to impose still more outdoor dining regulations on Raleigh's restaurant, bar, and owners, the mayor, along with the city council, took a cafe tour in late February on the streets of Paris, to note the sidewalk seating standards of Europe's most vibrant cities. The two city officials were stunned by what they observed from the dining culture in Paris. As much as we enjoy the hospitality of our Parisian restaurant owners, we found the city's lack of concern regarding outdoor dining regulations appalling, said the Raleigh mayor. The cafes have entirely too much freedom to choose their own dining furniture and number of people allowed to sit on the sidewalk patios is nothing short of shocking. Now, 
it goes on. And of course, this is supposed to be making fun of the whole thing. Okay. Whether or not the city officials really took a trip to Europe, I don't know. That would be taxpayer abuse. But this alarming thing is in this parody. Here's where it gets really real. Okay. Concern for the future of unregulated patio dining and sidewalk use around the world. In late February, the officials announced a proposal to petition the United Nations General Assembly to create a UN commission for the regulation of global vibrancy. Now, if you go and you look it up, there is a real document that we just showed on that very subject, the guidance to vibrant regulations. So basically what this is telling us is that we're not policed enough, Tim. We now have to count to this transitional justice and be civic minded by how we conduct ourselves outdoors. And, you know, I understand that the, the Carolina Journal was making fun, but it's also pointing out a very real situation. And that's how all this ties into that data tracking. We've done tons of shows on how the uh, data tracking standards in America marry up to the international data tracking standards that land back at the United Nations. So, um that's what we are going to get into today. If that's not enough. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. And let me let me correct something. You guys are seeing that sure. on the video platforms. I've got traditional justice, and I don't know what was going on in my head. It's transitional okay. justice. I apologize for that. But uh, Inspector Clouseau, you remember that guy uh, from mm-hmm. Pink Panther? Well, he did some investigating. This is kind of interesting. This this picture that they chose. These people at a cafe called Le Du Magul. Oui, oui, maman. Oh, here. <laughs> The two maggots, unless maggot means something different there than it does here. But uh, I just I found that interesting that that was the picture that they used for that article there. Anyway, just gross. Oh, gross, (laughs) gross, gross. Okay, Tim, if you will get into that document that you showed the guidance for the vibrancy regulations, I'd like us to look at the summary of it. So folks can see just how real this protection of civic space and how this is going to tie back into education, duh, civics, the study of governments, the study of social sciences. Okay. All right. So we'll need the cover. We need page on page two. There is an image that I would love for folks to see. Okay. That is our first attachment. All right. Now, am I on the right document here? Well, hang on just a just a, just a moment, dear. Let me this get is into the, my... This is the second attachment. Yeah. Uh, no, it's the first one. Okay, Protection the... and promotion you. of civic space from September gotcha. 2020. All right. Yes, there is an image on page two. Got it. That if people can see that, and if they can't, we need to describe it for them. What we have here is a circle. Okay. We have freedom of expression, association, and assembly on the left-hand side. Security of those who speak up down at the bottom, and then over on the right, the right to participate. All right. The results, you get a variety of voices, options tailored to needs. Don't really know what that means. Candid feedback, better responses, stronger buy-in, more sustainable peace, better development outcomes, and more resilient societies. In other words, how much more control do you want? Because it's coming. Yeah, uh, less control, please. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Now, we also need page three because it's going to sit here and tell us 
It is anchored in international law, Tim, in existing policies under the United Nations Pillars of Development, Peace and Security in Human Rights. So suddenly we have shifted from data tracking you to no end to somehow it's now part of your human right to have this happen as well as to be controlled. It goes on to tell you what is a civic space and what isn't. So in other words, we're too stupid to think of what a civic space is. So the United Nations is going to define it for us. All right. We also were going to need, let's see here. Okay. You also have uh, taking seriously the building back better in the name of COVID, new technologies. You also have participation, which means you have to be a dutiful citizen, Tim, and participate in society the way in which you're told to. Okay, it goes on to tell you that the United Nations will be the one in charge of this. So no longer is it going to be your local authorities. No longer is it going to be the police force. It will be these resilience officers that we have talked about on our shows when we talk about the resilient cities. Okay, so do you see the pattern that's being set here? Oh, yeah. Okay, I want I really hope folks will go back and read that particular document because it really, really tells us precisely what um, what it is. Okay, now the second thing that we want, this is from 2010, and this is the one, Tim, that defines the transitional justice that this all ties to. Okay. Our civics courses, our civics classes, and our education will include all of the above, not necessarily how the United States government actually works. And it hasn't for years because I was just on a meeting last night and the number of adults who still swear we are a democracy was absolutely off the charts. Yeah, it's it, it's pretty incredible to me. You know, I was speaking mm-hmm. with uh, some people this week, a couple of people. Um, who have never read the Constitution. Yeah. And, and these are mature adults, and they say, well, maybe I need to read that, that thing that you talked about. Um, and I said, the Constitution? And he goes, yeah. And I said, I said, you haven't read it? And No. And he hadn't read the Declaration of Independence. And I'm like, well, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember at least in when I was in public school, we at least read it. You know, we had to memorize part of the Declaration of Independence. I still remember doing stuff like that and the preamble to the, the Constitution. But, uh, you know, there are, there are many adults who haven't even taken the time to read it, much less know that it, it, it's in mm-hmm. contradiction to things stated like that. Yeah, I, I tell you, I'm, I'm really kind of surprised, but not not so much. All right. On this second document. OK, I'm going to read from the summary. This note, in other words, this whole document is a note, provides the guiding principles and framework for the United Nations approach to transitional justice processes and mechanisms. It outlines key components of transitional justice and ways to further strengthen these activities. The note is informed by the guidance note of the Secretary General on United States, excuse me, United Nations approach to the rule of law assistance. So in other words, law is not enough. We have to now come up and prop it up with other stuff. For the United Nations, transitional justice is the full range of processes and mechanisms associated with a society's attempt to come to terms with a legacy 
of large-scale past abuses in order to ensure accountability, serve justice, and achieve reconciliation. Transitional justice processes and mechanisms are a critical component of the United Nations framework for strengthening the rule of law, which encompasses their uh, uh, global citizen uh, mantra that, that we've talked about before. So you have all these guiding principles uh, which will take into uh, account the political context of your nation. It will give you a base assistance for your country's context. It will strengthen national capacity to carry out community-wide transitional justice processes. It will strive to ensure women's rights, support a child-sensitive approach, ensure the centrality of victims in the design and implementation of transitional justice. Don't really know what that means. It goes on to tell you that it is both judicial and non-judicial, so all-encompassing. And it goes on to tell you in here how they will use this platform to increase the nanny state, not only in uh, the United States, but throughout the world. Okay, now the third attachment that will be in your archives today will be all about transitional justice and education as a means for peace building and safeguarding human rights. And we know this attaches to education, Tim, through the fact of that school safety and that school climate. Okay, we also have a link for you and you're going to love this one. This is from the U.S. Department of State where they are backing up the policy behind transitional justice. That is going to be uh, that www.state.gov document. There you go. All right. Uh, Tim, if you want to describe that for folks real quick, please. This policy paper series was developed to reflect U.S. policy understanding of a range of transitional justice mechanisms related to peace building, accountability, human rights, and reconciliation in post-conflict and post-authoritarian Transitions. Okay, that's. Oh, doesn't that sound special? The, yeah, the post authoritarian, right. While well, they continue to be authoritarian, uh, they yep. were created by the State Department's Office of Global Criminal Justice. That thing sounds unconstitutional. The Bureau um, of Dem- Democracy, that sounds unconstitutional. Human mm-hmm. Rights and Labor, Bureau of International Narcotics and Law Enforcement Affairs, that sounds unconstitutional. Bureau of Conflict and Stabilization. Oper- Did any of you guys even know this was all in the State Department? Yeah. And USAID's, which is a uh, uh, corrupt Oh, we've talked about organi- them a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, Center for Excellence on Democracy, Human Rights, and Governance. Yeah, so that's, we'll see if that's you what we have to look forward to. Yeah, in the, in the UN paperwork, everybody has to have a democracy. It's not a constitutional republic. It's, it's a democracy. You also have to have all this, you know, we have to come in and assist the law. Well, why do we need to assist the law? And again, policy is not law. We've we've talked about this, but this is what is being taught. This is what is being shown. Human rights have replaced the constitutional rights. And it goes in with the collectivism that goes along with all of this. So, yes, this will absolutely butt into education in more ways than just data tracking your license plate. Let's let's be honest about what they're saying about human rights. They're not human rights. They are playing God Mm -hmm. in the attempt to say, we're the one who gives you your rights. I mean, that's what they're setting themselves up for is to say we're the ones who establish what is a right and what is not. Uh, it's not the people who are determining that, that they have those rights by their creator, at least the way 
you know, people in America thought hundreds of years ago. It's mm-hmm. somehow government is the ones to determine that. And, you know, we, we were very clear in our Constitution that even the rights that weren't enumerated mm-hmm. were still our rights. We yeah. didn't list all of our rights because our Creator gave us a number of them. But we, we didn't need to because yeah. everybody knew. Yeah. But but you have such a such a society that they now have warning labels on lawnmowers. Don't stick your hand in the blade. Well, <laughs> duh. Of course you wouldn't. But because people have have done it for whatever reason, and it's gone through the court system and mucked up the court system, we now have warning labels on lawnmowers. Or stick your hand my personal or my personal favorite, the uh, plastic wrap that little posters come in. That say, don't put your head in this. Look, if you can get your head, if you can get that thing over your head, you got a bigger problem than getting that thing on your head. Well, this is true. This is absolutely true. Now, okay, so you saw the the State Department's policy papers, and there's more than one. So do your homework and go back and look because what they've they, they've given you topics, Tim, that sound like, oh yes, let's go after the criminals. Sounds great, doesn't it? Until you find out who the criminals are, because that net that was cast through the Patriot Act included people as nonconformist as your homeschooling families who would not hurt a flea. Okay, so if you'll go to the next link, this will tie into transitional justice through a very, very uh, popular flavor of the month. As as uh, as I call it sometimes, and this is how it will use transitional justice to go after races. All right. The term transitional justice is not widely known in the United States. Elsewhere, dozens of societies with long histories of crippling political dysfunction, repression, and or periods of prolonged violence have established processes of transitional justice to deal with past wrongs as a part of a transition away from conflict and repression. And it goes on to give you examples like uh, South America, Colombia, all these other places. Now, We may not label the United States as transitional because it is an established democracy. When we examine the underlying causes of certain key conflicts in American society, the similarities requiring transitional justice are evident. And it goes on to tell you how the United States shares with societies like South Africa three key features. Uh, Structural inequality is one. Racial, a racial wealth gap and normalized political wrongdoing. Serious existential uncertainty. You know, all those, all those sound yeah. like things that yeah. we need to be engaged in, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And did you see, did you see the picture? Oh well, I can I can bring it back up here. Yep. Yeah, see, uh, if you would, for those who cannot see it, why don't you describe the picture for them? Yeah, this looks like a Black Lives Matter group is what, it, yeah, they've got a big sign behind them. You know, one of the, let me let me clarify something, because I got some people sure. saying, uh, somebody said that we were, I don't know, praising George Floyd and stuff. You know, they mentioned Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd. You know, there are things within each of those things. It's not to justify what what they did but let's be honest, uh, the George Floyd thing, you don't kneel on the back of somebody's neck. You just don't do it. I don't care what crime they've commit. If you're a law enforcement officer, you ought to, you ought to have some understanding of what you're doing there, and I think they did. That's why I think that 
probably the the ruling was correct. And that doesn't excuse George Floyd for what he was doing. I'm not nobody's saying that. Same thing with Breonna Taylor. If you're going to come into somebody's house, when you can come in in the daytime and knock and and approach that house, and you decide to wait till 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, and you're going to bust in the door, well, yeah, I don't have a problem with whoever's inside, whether they're a criminal or not, trying to defend themselves. Sorry, that's just the way it is, guys. Use your head. Use your noggin for something more than a a hat rack. There has to be an understanding of both. So I want people to understand that when we brought up some of these issues, and we've had them on uh, the website... There is an issue to where we're not trying to um, scrub somebody's background, their character, or what they've done, mm-hmm. but that also on the other side, there is a proper and a right way that you do things to enforce the law. And over and over, and we is, see injustices happening during that. Right. And so try to look at it this way, whoever said that, is that this is showing you, this is the gateway for more abuse, not less. So if you want to say that we're doing something, it's we're showing you, we're warning you that you have to know what is coming. Because if you don't, if you think those things were bad, what this is going to usher in, especially considering the Noahide laws, is going to be off the charts horrid. Yep, exactly. Okay, so we know this will tie back into the social and emotional learning. It has to because you have to shift the attitudes, values, and beliefs. And this precisely is what is part of all these movements, okay? It's not about what's right and what's fair. It's about who can we control? Who can we divide to conquer? That's not what America is supposed to be about. It is absolutely not. But if you want to show the image that I put in our archives for today. This was from a previous article that uh, I did, and we did a show on it, and this will be in the archives as well. The Congress, in in all its lunacy, has now dreamed up that we're going to have a brand new department. It's called the U.S. Department of Peace Building. Like we need that. Yeah, in this particular image, this would be under the executive branch. It is known as H.R. 1111. Okay, this was trotted out in, uh, I believe it was the 116th. It's also active in the 117th, which is the the session we're in. This will tell you here, you'd have a appointed pres, you would have an appointed presidential secretary and staff, nine district or regional office, regionalism, hello. Okay, this would tie to the Every Student Succeeds Act and the Higher Education Act. It would have the Secretary of Peace Building establishing National Peace Days, Tim, to celebrate and observe all the blessings of peace, learn about international peacemaker makers, establish national activities to practice the science of peacemaking. All right. It will cost us millions of dollars in taxes to support this new arm of government. This is sponsored from uh, representatives from California, Maine, Washington, New Jersey, New York, Wisconsin, Mississippi, Georgia, Missouri, the District of Columbia, Massachusetts, Illinois, Oregon, Florida, Maryland, and Arizona. And I go in and I show you how the different uh, existing uh, departments 
that we know, like Department of Labor, Department of Education, are going to be impacted through this. And for education, you're going to have the Office of Peacebuilding Education and Training. That goes right back into your Every Student Succeeds Act. The Office of Human Rights and Economic Rights. Okay, well, duh, there we go. Labor, commerce, and education will be in there. The Sustainable Development Goals will be in all nine wings of this particular new entity. You'll have the Office of Domestic Peace, the Office of International Peace. You'll have the Intergovernment Advisory Council on Peace, the Federal Interagency Committee on Peace, which will marry into the United Nations and the G20, the G7, the all the other global groups that you can possibly think of. Justice, Constitution, and the Civil Rights will now be armed, uh, excuse me, um, in the arms of the uh, Control and Disarmament disarmament Office. Sorry, I'll get my mouth back in there. And then the Office of Technology for Peacebuilding will use the STEM, the STEAM, the STREAM, social and emotional learning, and coding. And then lastly, the Office of Peacebuilding uh, Information Research. So so in other words, we're just going to be making government bigger, uh, to uh, to provide a fake answer or a mm-hmm. solution to a problem that it's created itself. The, am I understanding? And how many billions of dollars yes. is this Department of Peacebuilding going to cost us? Well, you can go to the congress.gov link that I have in there, and you can read the bill for yourself. You can also find that um, the current peacebuilding legislative activities from our Congress level uh, are – it's more than one. We have one that targets peace building for youth as well. Uh, so, yeah, we've got lots of congressional activity that should not be going on. And here's the thing. If you look at it, Tim, you're going to see not just peace building for America, yep. but all these other foreign entities and, and countries. And if you want to read some of the list for folks, why don't you? Yeah, this is H.R. Uh, 4838, Youth Peace and Security Act of 2021. Mm-hmm. Um the S resol- uh, Senate resol- Resolution 387, resolution recognizing the 60th anniversary of the Peace Corps and commending the volunteers who have dedicated their lives to making a difference in the world. We don't know what kind of difference that is. Is it good or bad? Uh, then we have H.R. 3972, Taiwan Peace and Stability Act. There's got to be a Ukraine one in here, too, right? Uh, Ethiopia. There's uh, Ethiopia Peace and Democracy Promotion. What, what in the world is our Congress doing talking about Ethiopia? Uh, authorizing the use of the Capitol grounds for the National Peace Officers Memorial Service and National Honor Guard and Pipe Band Exhibition. Um, I mean, I, yeah. Let me, it, let me give you what is this? Explain. Celebrating the 80th anniversary of Our Lady of Peace Hospice and Home Health Care. Uh, Human Rights and Peace in Danger in Colombia. You mentioned Colombia earlier. Mm -hmm. And then authorizing the use of the Capitol Grounds. That's another one for for that kind of deal. Yeah, this is a lot of stuff. Oh, man. I just. Okay. Let let, let me tell you why it is so important that we talk about this from education. Because we have seen, okay, in H.R. 1, For the People Act, you lower the voting age to 16 because you need more youth involvement in the political process. This particular... um, Youth Peace and Security Act, this HR four eight three eight that you that you mentioned, to support the inclusive and meaningful participation of youth 
in peace building and conflict prevention, management resolution, as well as post-conflict relief and recovery. What happened to letting a child be a child? We now have to groom them to be a social justice warrior, a transitional justice minion. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah, it goes on to give you this global picture of 1.8 billion young people in the world, the largest number to ever have existed. And one in four youth are directly involved in or affected by conflict. Now, this goes on to tell you how children will play a key role in all this. It says youth are critical actors in development at all levels of society, despite their personal risks, operational challenges, limited technical and financial support for their work. Preventative and resilience-based approaches to youth are more effective at reducing violence than hard security responses and at-risk and remedial approaches, which are often counterproductive. Youth who have participated in United States-supported civic engagement and development programs were less likely to participate in or support political violence. It also goes on to tell you about how they can be a better community member as well. Um, And, you know, you and I have talked about all this stuff, Tim, for years now. So here's where we are. We have, a, we have a, a Congress that is so corrupt, it's coming in and now telling you without a shadow of a doubt, your children aren't there to learn, they're there to work. And what are they there to work for? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're definitely not representing the people. They're representing the people who got them there, which is not the people usually in most cases, is whoever the big mm-hmm. donors are. So I, I get all of that. Um, and you know, salt was, I was talking about police earlier and he says, Oh, not reform. Uh, well, when I say abolish DC, I'm, I'm, we were talking about two different things, but, uh, that's where I think the States are going to have to get involved. They've just, it's yeah. become so corrupt. You're not going to reform it. You're just not oh, yeah. Yeah. And apart from an act of God of change it, taking out every heart of stone and filling it with a heart of flesh. And that's going to require real gospel preachers preaching to those guys up there in D.C., which it doesn't seem like we have any that are that are in D.C. doing that. Um, apart from that, the states are going to have to either secede, they're going to have to dis- or dissolve D.C. and just say, no, nah, this was this was a great experiment why it lasted. But uh, we're going to have to get rid of mm-hmm. you guys and start all over again. Right. Now, near the bottom of the email that I sent, it'll also be in the archives. There's going to be a link, and it's um, the website that says library.oapen.org. Okay, this is about transitional justice in education. This is a paper that you can download, all right? And it tells you this volume addresses the role and importance of education for the processes of transitional justice. In the aftermath of conflict and mass violence, education has been one of the tools with which societies have sought to achieve positive transformation. Okay. While education has the potential to trigger, maintain, and uh, increase conflict, it has also been designed to promote a deeper, more nuanced understanding of the past and to advance reconciliation, peace building, and prevention. Now, let me ask you one thing. How can you possibly build off of that when you have people out there who are redefining our history as we speak? You cannot 
base a solid education on things when they keep being edited to death. Yeah, no, that that's exactly right. Plus, you have those who are not practicing what they're preaching, pushing it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how how do you trust that they're going to do anything but be authoritarian? That's why it kind of it was kind of funny to read uh, what is this on the the state.gov site. Mm-hmm. Where they're actually talking about a post authoritarian transitions. Um, th- th- see, this is where you know I've the Q people are still at it, and they keep looking oh. for something to break from that. And it's like, guys, if you don't get off your duff, quit eating your popcorn and watching the movie. That's what they tell you to do. Which I tell mm-hmm. them is really the problem is them doing that, waiting on somebody to do for them what they won't do for themselves. You're going to get more authoritarianism. You're not, if things collapse yeah. and they look like they're going to collapse, there's no question about that. But if they collapse, if you as godly men, and I'm calling on the men here, if you as godly men don't have something to fill that vacuum, it's going to get filled with something that's corrupt and that's criminal, and it's going to be more authoritarian than what we have now. And so mm-hmm. I, I don't understand why people don't get that. I don't know why they would trust anybody, including Donald Trump or anybody who's been in government or the military or any of that, to say, oh, we're going to make things better for you. Just eat your popcorn, watch the movie. Just hang on. All the good's coming. We're going to defeat the cabal. It's going to be, we're going to bring the real unicorns and Skittles and all this other rainbows and all this stuff. We're going to do that. Uh, The Democrats want to do that, but we're going to do that for you. That's, That's the way they're pitching it. But but go back and look at the archives that we've done, Tim. This did not start under Biden's administration. Oh, this I told absolutely did yeah. not. This started under Trump, and he trotted out his daughter and his son-in-law as cabalist as they are, and said, "Oh yes, we're going to all sing Kumbaya." Yeah, the Tree of Life, right? I mean, the the, the mm-hmm. Zionist cultic kind of. Tree of Life. I, I get it. I, I get yeah. what they're. But what I'm saying is, people have been so snowed that even the guys yeah. who are supposed to be on our side don't get it. They don't well, get what's going on right. there. Right. Right. And and I totally understand that. But you know, again, we've got um, we've got so many corrupt uh, people in Congress that they are actually propping this kind of garbage up. Um, you know, and just look at what the Senate did yesterday. Okay. They passed over to the house Senator Rubio's absolutely, excuse my French, asinine bill on permanent daylight savings. Now you're going to think that doesn't have anything to do with education, but you are so wrong because if you look at the science, the real science behind how our bodies work, that Cadian rhythm that we have, that daylight savings time so disrupts, messes with your brain functions. It messes with your eating clock. It well, there's no with, doubt. It messes with everything. And if you're going to go be stupid enough with all the problems that we have in America to go and do something as stupid as now say, okay, America, we're not we're not done screwing you up. We're go- here's one more way we're going to go after your freedoms. Here's one more way we're going to go after your health. Here's one more way we're going to go after your kids. Because don't think this won't impact education because it will. And I've done articles on how sleep deprivation, especially for our teens, impacts education through mental health and through academics. Yep. Yep. You mentioned the daylight savings time. My son and I, we were going somewhere the other day and he goes, 
who came up with this idea to change it? Because to tell you the truth, Sunday I got up mm-hmm. and I, I, nobody had made mention of the clock change or any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. I got up and I'm, I'm doing some stuff and I look down and it says nine thirty, and I'm like, nine thirty. it's only eight thirty, mm-hmm. And then it hit me. Is that has the clock changed? I went in there and looked sure enough it has. And it does, it affects you, especially in the it winter does. time because mm-hmm. it's all of a sudden darker earlier, which makes you tired earlier it used to mess with me big time it still does oh it still messes with me that's why i cannot stand it and it's not right i mean if we're gonna be so staunch about lying what do we just do we're gonna lie about what time it is and you know if you're gonna teach your kids not to lie why would you participate in it it's it's a tool to help wear you down it always has been this will tie into more data tracking because after all if you're so tired tim you can't do a whole lot think about all this transitional justice that's going on you know i know it's far fetched and i'm i'm not trying to to make a big deal out of it but it is a big deal it's such a big deal that it's being passed off as oh it'll be a help but how many times have we seen the government go oh yes we're here to help and what have they done anything but that's right so it's not going to your where you eat for corn sakes was even uh, uh in this transitional justice you can't go eat outside cuz you might fog up the air now I can't tell what time it is because after all, if I tell what time it is, then I'm not relying on the government. If I'm not being data tracked, then no, I can't be a good citizen. If I'm not being in transitional justice, I can't be a big bully because that's what it boils down to. Well, and this is what we're teaching our kids. And it's not just public education. People have got to understand that. Yeah. And this goes back to something that I said the other day. And that is, you know, there are a lot of people who, who use the excuse, now it's not a valid excuse, why they're not believers uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And they'll say, well, you know, if, if he's God, if he cared about everything, then he would stop all the bad things from happening to the children. He would have stop all this bad stuff. Well, guess what? This government is telling you this is their intention. Their intention is to stop all the bad. That's what their intention is, is to be tyrannical to the point where you have, you, you're not going to make any choices. You're Mm -hmm. you're going to be told what to do, and you're going to do it. That's what their intention is to do, and it's for the quote-unquote common good. It is to Mm -hmm. ensure peace. It is to ensure that everybody gets along, that we don't have these factions, all this different stuff going on. So guess what? They are taking the place that that these unbelievers want of God, and they're going to submit to that authoritarian, tyrannical, uh, self-proclaimed deity— and they're going to say, yeah, we'll do whatever you say, God. That'll be their God. Their statism will come out. You'll Look, this is what I've said from the beginning of the application. All these people run around trying to pin the tail on the Antichrist, um, you know, find out what the mark of the beast is, all this. It comes, down to two, it comes down to two things. You're either going to submit to the commands of God, or you're going to submit to the commands of a tyrannical state. It's one or the other. There is no in-between. And I don't know what goes on with the camera here, but there is no in-between about what's going on there. None at all. No, there isn't. Now, in the archives, we're going to show you a two-part article series that we did on the intentional race baiting that Dr. Cardona, the Secretary of Education, is backing up. It'll use, of course, present administration, previous administration, social and emotional learning to distort our society, which this transitional piece does. And let's please remember 
This is the world's definition of peace. This is not God's definition of peace. Okay. You'll also have more data tracking information in here because again, this does tie to last week's show. This was just all we could not fit in last week. So you've got also the link that will tie it back to the Noahide laws, especially under the peace building program at the Reagan Foundation. You're going to find the articles of the show uh, where we did about peace forcing and the law enforcement with the social and emotional learning that backfired and is still backfiring. Uh, But yes, we're going to rely on it. You're going to have all the bills that we've talked about, all the documents that we've talked about today, because our bottom line is they're going to use social and emotional manipulation to be an alternative to proper, justifiable means of punishment. Let me say that again. Social and emotional learning is being used as an alternative to what our law enforcement is doing. So that would back up that article that we did last week, Tim, where we showed from the New York Times how they're looking at using education as an alternative to law enforcement, because after all, law enforcement needs so much help. Yeah, yeah. We've seen them go in and and just beat yeah. body slam and uh you know yeah. treat 12 year olds like yeah. uh like they're adults it's it's absolutely yeah. ridiculous you're exactly yeah. right and, and if you think that you know having uh department of children protection services come in and take your child for no unjustifiable reason think about how life is going to be with this transitional justice where everything is on the table and the least little thing could have you have your family ripped apart that's yep. not an education system that we need to have. That's right. No, it's not a system we need to have, period. Well, much pe- less, yes, much less absolutely, education. Absolutely. You're, you're right. Well, yes, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry about that. I did not. I was not clear enough. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's uh, that's what we have for today. So that wraps up from last week. And and it's a lot. And it's going to take you a while to get through these documents. But please take Tim and, and, and my advice. Go through these documents, because if you don't arm yourself with what is being planned against you, you will fall for this. Yeah, because they they're going to they're going to pitch the words to you. This is what socialists do. They they pitch the words to you and redefine them and such. And I'll, I'll make an adjustment on the title. That's my fault. Uh, I misread. So. I'll fix that. Oh, don't worry about it. But, don't worry. It happened. But Lynn, here, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. We want to encourage people as always do what the Lord yes. said. Deuteronomy six, educate your kids, get them out of there. Do whatever you got to do. If you got to do without something, do without it to educate your own kids. Uh, if you can, if you can work together with other homeschool families in your community, and maybe somebody's got a, a specific, you know, gift of teaching something, maybe it's a language or a musical instrument, then work together and do those things. There's nothing wrong with, with involving yourself in community like that. The public school, when it first began, was begun by Christians. They understood the value of that, but the, the heart of it was Christianity, and the foundations were the Word of God. And so we, we've lost some of that, but I encourage people to do that. If you love your kids, you be the one to educate them. Lynn, we got about 30 seconds here. Tell people where they can find out more about you. Okay, you find me at commoncordiva.com. If you wish to financially bless any of the research that I do, uh, there is a secure donate button. You can find me uh, tomorrow morning with Suzanne Hamner on the Liberty Bells. You can find me here on uh, Sons of Liberty. You can find me on all the usual social media platforms and uh, uh, oh goodness, Breaking News Journal TV. Sorry about that. Had a little brain 
issue. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that's where you can find me. And let's remember that when God calls us to do every effort that leads to peace, it is not world peace. It is God's peace. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lynn. We appreciate you as always. Catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. We'll be back with you in the morning, 6 a.m., bright and early, Lord willing. See you.